hands are cold. How I wish I could have borrowed Tito Bobby's jokes so that uh, somewhat distract me from my nervousness. But anyways, thank you so much once again, Pastor Sam, for allowing us to be here and to be part of this missions conference. Uh, the first time that I came to this missions conference was 2010, I believe. I was still single that time, but now I have a sidecar, as you see. So, as you heard a while ago, she sang. <laughs> but uh, we're, uh, we're just honored to be here. And uh, the last time we were here was 2019. And uh, we came home. I don't know if you remember, remember it, that uh, we don't have windows and doors in our church auditorium. And especially during the rainy season in the Philippines, people have to merge in the middle. We have like uh, an aisle in the middle, but if it's raining really hard, the people will merge. And uh, like uh, putting the, the Red Sea together when Moses divided it. But uh, uh, the Lord uh, blessed us and uh, through the churches here in the United States, we were able to finish our church auditorium and uh, you are a huge part of it. And uh, thank you for supporting us. You supported us uh, since 2019 and up to uh, uh, this year, the Lord has uh, uh, blessed us to have a ministry like this. And let me be uh, an encouragement about your missions. I've, and this is kidding aside. This is seriously and from my heart, not to just uh, tell you and make your head bigger and be full of pr uh, pride. But I've never seen a church, seriously, I've never seen a church this size that does mission like that. I've been to huge churches that does mission like that, that amount every year, but not a church this size. And it should encourage each and every one of you that those churches that are huge in buildings and have bigger facilities, uh, you're doing probably higher or bigger missions project than them. And it should encourage each and every one of you. So thank you so much for supporting our ministry. Uh, with that, out of the pandemic, we were able to finish our church auditorium. We were able to send out three pastors. Uh, I have 10 men in our church right now that uh, I've trained, and they're the ones uh, doing the preaching while I'm away. Uh, we were able to um, continue our children ministry because I believe when we started uh, this ministry, it is a preparation for them to grow older in the church and you're investing earlier in the lives of these young ones. And uh, that's why children ministry is a huge thing in the Philippines and feeding them, you know, teaching them and uh, sharing the gospel to them. And most of our, uh, the students of my wife are now professionals in our church. And uh, when uh, they become high school and college, uh, they cannot afford to go to school. We have this ministry called Light Their Way Ministry. And we send them, it's a scholarship program for our young people. And that's why we were able to send out uh, these pe young people to school and finish schooling. Uh, one of, two of them are graduates of uh, the Bible College uh, and the, the now pastors. Uh, three of them are secular college graduates. One of them is the pianist, uh, Sister Bea, and she graduated with Latin honors. She graduated cum laude. She was the top nine let passer last year and was recognized in our city by the city mayor, 
that she uh, is a great example of the young people in our city. And uh, these are the investments that we did with the support that you have given us. So we do appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. And this year, our goal is to finish our church building. And our goal is to raise $40,000. We actually call it Project 200. We are praying for 200 churches, families, individuals, couples, businesses that will give us a one-time offering of $200 that will make up to our goal of $40,000. So grab a prayer card. I don't, I, I'm sure you have our old prayer card. I saw my, our old prayer card over there, but I'm more good looking on the new one. So you have to grab the new one. Amen. And uh, if you are not, if you're not prepared to give and, you know, we have commitment cards back there, we have information, we have instruction. So make sure to please uh, grab a prayer card and a commitment card afterwards. All right. If you have your Bible, turn with me in the book of Romans. I prayed to the Lord, and I said, uh, usually when I come to visit a church, I, all, I only prepare one message. And when Pastor Sam asked us yesterday who's going to preach, me or Pastor Noe Balcon, our missionary to Ilocos, and Pastor Noe said, you in the morning, I'll be in the afternoon. So my parents raised me to respect the elderly. <laughs> So I said, okay, I have no choice. No, it's a privilege always, but I, it always makes me nervous, especially my voice. That's why I, I did not sing. Okay? Uh, hopefully, I'll be ready this afternoon, and I will still not sing. All right. <laughs> Romans chapter number 5. I preached last Friday, if you were here or if you watch it online. I preached on the message in the book of Genesis chapter 6. And uh, entitled it, The Impact of God's Mission. And we really need to make an impact today. It's now or never, right? Uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Perilous times have already come. And it's, uh, it's a sense of urgency that we have to feel today. But today, uh, this morning, my message is entitled, The Joy of God's Mission. Why we should be excited about God's mission. Amen? Why should we be happy? Why we should be looking forward to give? Why we should be uh, trying to do our best and sacrifice for the missions and for the ministry of God, not just overseas, but also here in your local community. Romans chapter number 5. I'm also an old school, so I have my notes on my notebook, Pastor Sam. I don't know if that's the sign of getting older, but uh, that's okay. Everyone grows older. All right, Romans chapter number 5, verse number 1. I have to contain myself to be in this frame or Brother Gilbert and Pastor Abel will be mad at me because of the, uh, the live streaming, right? Because I'm a preacher who walks around the church, so I have to contain myself or else they'll probably be mad at me. No, just kidding. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Let's all stand, please, to give reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Romans chapter number 5. Let's do this. Let's read the Word of God together. Let's read verse 1 up to verse number 5. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1 up to verse number 5. Are you there? Yeah. Let's read it all together. Ready now? Begin. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand 
and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that the tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Let's pray. Lord, we come humbly before you, especially me as your messenger. Lord, I am just your mouthpiece this morning. And Lord, these are not my words. This is not my message. It is your message. Lord, I pray that this morning that you will speak directly to each and every one of us here this morning. You know my limitations. You know that uh, the voice that I have right now is very limited. But Lord, I will not rely on my body and my capabilities. But Lord, I will rely solely upon the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. And I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God will move around this place and speak in a very special way among us. And Lord, that we might be, be more, even more excited about doing the ministry of God. Allow us, Lord, to be able to be united in one spirit, in one goal, and that is to support missions local and even foreign all over the world. And Lord, because this is your heartbeat, this is what you want us to do, and may we accomplish it by faith. Allow us, Lord, to be able to enjoy the message, and Lord, that it will be an encouragement, a blessing, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. The joy of God's mission. Now, let me ask you this question. Why are you happy today? Are you happy today? Probably that's the first question that I need to ask. Are you happy today? Amen. Amen. The Bible is full of verses that encourages and describes Christians as blessed. Amen. The book of Psalms says blessed. Amen. And there's the book of Matthew, those Beatitudes, blessed. Because I believe with all my heart, a child of God is really blessed. Not every child of God is rich. Probably those people that have six figures, they, have, they are rich. Amen. But not all of Christians are rich. But all Christians are blessed. If you are a child of God this morning, the reason to be rejoicing, the reason to be happy, the reason to be excited about is because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. The reason why we can do the missions of God is because God saved us. How deep the Father's love for us. And the love of God is probably uh, the most liked uh, topic in the congregations or in churches. God being loving is probably the most liked attribute of God. In fact, in the book of 1 John, I believe it's uh, 102 or 32 verses. It says there, there's 35 verses that love was mentioned. It talks about the love of God because everyone la uh, likes to know that there is a loving God. Amen? And when we talk about love, young people get excited. Amen? They are looking for love. Who is that right person, the right man, or the right woman. But I'm not going to be talking about love and relationship. I'm talking about the love 
that we have in Jesus Christ. Because I believe with all my heart that is what should be the driving force, the reason why we should be excited in doing God's mission and making it a personal matter and making it our mission, my mission. You know, the love of God is very real. The Bible is full of verses about the love of God, right? John 3.16, we all know it. For God so loved the world. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God commended His love toward us. Romans chapter 8, verse number 35, it says, Who can separate us from the love of God? Nothing! He mentioned there many words and many descriptions of things that could separate us from the love of God, but He says, Nothing can separate us from the love of God. It is true that the Father's love is so deep that we cannot fathom it. We cannot reach it. We just have to accept it because it is the greatest love of all. Now, how can we be happy in missions? Let us be happy because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are saved. That's the greatest treasure that you could ever cherish in your life. I, 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 I don't know if you remember a song, The greatest of all miracles was when Jesus saved me. The greatest miracle is not when you, when you uh, got uh, healed from your diseases or where you, when you were promoted with your jobs. The greatest miracle that you have ever experienced is when God saved you. We are all destined to hell. The cars that we are driving in the parking lot, we don't deserve it. The clothes that we're wearing this morning, we don't deserve it. We all look good, just like our deacon said a while ago. We all smell good. We all look good. But we don't deserve it. The house where we're staying, even though you're renting, you're leasing, or you're, uh, uh, you already own it, you don't deserve that. Don't make me wrong or don't get me wrong. But we don't deserve anything in this world. There's one thing that we deserve in life, and that is the place called hell. That's the only thing we deserve. But praise God. And let's be thankful this morning that God sent His only begotten Son. Why? Because He loves us so much. God could have just ignored us. Imagine the only, there's no extra. Right? The only begotten Son. If probably God has another Son. He could have said, oh, okay, I'll just sacrifice Jesus because I have another son. But the Bible says, only begotten son of God. He has no other son and he has to offer and sacrifice that only one so that he can prove his love for us. That's how deep the Father's love is. And we should be rejoicing this morning, not because we have jobs, we have money in our bank account, we have cars that we drive. All of those are blessings. But we should be rejoicing because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our identity in God. We are identified as sons of God. We are identified as citizens of heaven. Those are the things that we should be rejoicing about. Amen? So, how can we be happy? Our lives today is full of troubles and trials and problems and difficulties and wars going on, right? 
A couple of days ago, mass shooting in Maine. Imagine, imagine you're just playing or just eating and one guy will come in and shoot everyone. More than a dozen, I believe, around 20, died a couple of days ago. They didn't expect that they will meet God right away. But today, let us be happy because even when God calls us home, we're ready to meet Him because we have Jesus in our hearts. Now, let me tell you some things that we should be happy about. How can we be happy about mission? How can we be happy? Because we, have, we are a child of God. We are saved. You know, it's sad, to, sad today. And again, I am preaching from my experience and I am preaching from my heart this morning. But I don't know about you, but it saddens me that Christianity becomes just a simple terminology. Nothing about theology. God is already removed, but everybody calls them Christian. The reason why we were called Christians, because without Christ, I am nothing. Many churches, many provinces, many countries can say that they are Christians, but are they really? But we're sitting here this morning because we know and we believe with all our hearts that we have accepted Christ and that is more than enough for us to have assurance of salvation. Now let me tell you four things why there's joy in missions. Number one, because of our status. Our status. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Let's finish quickly before the lunch gets cold. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Our status, the Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith. Just, our status are justified. Webster Dictionary says that it, is, it came from the root word just. To make us just. To make us free. To make us recognizable before we're just filthy rags in the eyes of God. We're sinners and bound to hell. But when we accepted Christ, we were justified. Okay, from the Greek word, I believe, dikio. It means we were just made just. We were made free. We were made acceptable. You may look good this morning, but before, when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, before we got saved, we don't look acceptable. You may have your uh, barong and our suit this morning, but if we don't have Jesus in our hearts, we're unacceptable in the eyes of God. But when we got saved one day, I was 10 years old. We have a, a, mission, uh, a pastor, American pastor, visited our church. And he preached that morning. And our church, that we're, the, the building that we're using that time, the church of my father, is inside, literally inside the slaughterhouse where they kill pigs and cows and chickens and goats. So every time that the, there's, there's service, there's also choir singing in the background. There's chicken crying and pigs whining because they are being slaughtered. But God used that very dirty, very noisy, and very humble place 
for me to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. And once saved, forever saved. Our status is we were justified, verse number one. And not just like that. The Bible says, justified by faith. It is very important to note in our Bibles or in your notebooks this morning that we were not justified by our looks. We were not justified by our jobs or by our status. Or in the society today, your academics, your accomplishment in life, your success, those are not the things that justified you or made you just or made you righteous. The Bible says you were justified by faith. Only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you grateful that our salvation is by grace through faith? Amen. Amen? Well, can you imagine living in the Old Testament? You know, just if, if God will require us to bring animals, imagine how many animals will you bring this morning? Imagine. Oh, the pet lovers will probably be angry with me. I'm a dog lover. I have two dogs. I can't imagine I will bring my dog to be sacrificed in the temple, the church. Amen. And I will bring it to Pastor Sam. Pastor Sam, here are my sacrifice. <laughs> Pastor Sam will get his knife and kill it. Right? But we're not living in that area anymore. We're living in the era of grace. And we were justified by faith, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and His salvation that is based upon His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. It's still making a difference today. God's still in the saving business. The pandemic, a lot of businesses have closed. Even Jollibee in the Philippines, many of them have closed and uh, their stocks went down. But God's business doesn't close. That's why in the New Testament, they, they cannot imagine, how come we cannot stop these people? The disciples, they were looking at them, they look like normal people. They are like nothing to their eyes or nothing in the society. But they said, we cannot stop this because this is the work of God. Because what made the difference? Their status. They were saved. They were justified by faith. Second, our supply. Our supply. Look at the verse number one. The last part. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we got saved, God supplied. Amen? And I'm not just talking about material things. Praise God for that. Right? We enjoy Shoes and clothes and cars. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, if you don't enjoy it, just give it to us, right? <laughs> if you don't enjoy your money, just give it to us. We'll probably and make sure we're going to enjoy it. But we thank God for the material things, amen? But there are things that God supplied when we got saved. First is our acceptance. We were made peace with God. We were enemies. We were uh, away from God, there's that split right in the middle. Because before, when God created man, we were in God. But Adam and Eve, you can point fingers who, 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 whose fault it was. Amen? But, you know, Eve said, oh, uh, Adam said, it's Eve's fault. Eve said, it's the serpent's fault. Right? They keep pointing fingers. It's good that the serpent didn't have hands. He cannot point fingers. Right? But the Bible says, 
we were made peace with God. That is our acceptance. We were accepted, listen, in the family of God. Can you imagine just being uh, adopted into a rich family? If the president, you, not all of you don't like the president probably, or the president here the, in the Philippines, I don't know. Politics is crazy. Let's not, let's not talk about it. But imagine if you are being adopted into the family of the president of a country. That's a great privilege, right? That's nothing compared to being accepted, having peace with God, accepted in the family of God. Second supply is our, not just our acceptance, but our access. Look at verse number two. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have prayer meetings. We come to, we have prayer, uh, day of prayer. We have midnight prayer meeting. We have a personal prayer time in our daily lives. And that is an access given to us because we're saved. A lot of people knows how to pray. But the thing is, those, their, those, does their prayer make a difference? Misquoted, probably the most misquoted verse in the Bible, one of the most misquoted verse in the Bible is, but my God shall supply all your need. But you know, what's the context of the, context of the book of Philippians chapter 4? It's the context of missions. Paul said, my God shall supply all your need. He is talking about the church in Philippi. Why, did, why, why, why is he saying that God will supply the needs of the people in the church of Philippi? Because this church supported the mission work of Paul. When everybody left Paul, when everybody doesn't want to support Paul, the church of Philippi supported Paul. And that's why I don't desire a gift. But he said, I desire fruit that will lay your labor, the fruit in your account. Not because I, I oh, look at those people that I've trained. That is not just in my account. That is also in your account. That is the access that we can have in God. When we kneel in prayer, there's so much thing that we can accomplish. The greatest thing that you could do for a missionary is to pray for them. Take, don't take for granted the access that we have today because we're Christians. We are a child of God. We can pray anywhere, anytime, any season. That's our access. And lastly, our assurance. The Bible says, into this grace, verse 2, wherein we stand. We stand. Why? We can make a difference if we're standing up. Many Christians today have fallen asleep, lying down. Many Christians are sitting down, tired, have given up. The Bible says we can stand because of Christ. The grace, look at the Bible says, the grace, this grace wherein we stand. We can stand in the grace of God. Amen? 
We cannot stand on our own capabilities, our abilities, our talents, our resources, those things that Deacon Bobby presented a while ago. We cannot stand that. We cannot accomplish it without the grace of God. We can stand by that grace. Are you grateful that God supplied these things for us? That number three, not just our status, our supply, but we have our superiority. Superiority, we are superior, not because we're like a special child. That's probably that, a term that you won't like. <laughs> but we are, we are very special in the eyes of God. And you know, we, 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 there's a superiority of being a child of God. Look at verse number three. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that the tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. What, as, what is the superiority? What makes you stronger as a Christian? What makes you unique? As a Christian, what makes you stand as a Christian? The Bible says, number one, we can rejoice in our trials. The Bible says in verse number three, not only so, but we, what? Glory in tribulations. The life of a Christian is not always easy. In fact, the Bible did not tell, tell us it's going to be easy. Don't believe those prosperity preachers. Do this, do that. Lift up your handkerchief and God will bless you. You will be a millionaire after the service. That's what people believe nowadays. They want to get rich. They want to be blessed quickly and they do that. And they listen to these so-called preachers. But the Bible says a Christian, even though he's having a hard time, he's happy. Rejoicing. Look, glory in tribulations, there's only, you can tell that it is a Christian living by the grace of God through his faith, through his or her faith, if he will stand up, if he's smiling, and if he's happy, even though he is troubled. How come you're happy someone died in your family? You're crazy. How, oh, you lost your job. How come we can be happy? Because we can glory in our tribulations. Second, we can re recognize our tribulations. The Bible says that we glory in tribulation knowing that the tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed. Not recognizing that these troubles these testings, these trials are brought by God into our lives for a purpose. During the pandemic, it was hard because it's pandemic. But during the pandemic, we are excited because my wife got pregnant. For those who doesn't know, my wife, medically, for her, it's medically impossible to be pregnant. I was encouraged 2019 with Pastor Jeter. They were uh, telling us the things, okay, probably this one, try this, this and that, okay. <laughs> Got pregnant. I said, oh, praise the Lord, miracle worker. Pastor Jeter, probably it worked. But, you know, after eight weeks, got miscarriage. No heartbeat. Second appointment with the doctor. It was Easter. 
Easter Sunday, we have sunrise service in church. I have to wake up early in the morning, 5 o'clock to preach. And I said, Lord, I can't do it. It was dark, the darkest, probably the darkest moment in my life. Why? Because, Lord, I waited 10 years for this. It was our 10th year anniversary. 10 years. And then you gave it and like you take it away. Lord, what are you doing? But we recognize that these trials that are being brought upon our lives have a purpose. After that situation, many of our churches were having troubles in our church. Personal lives. You know, they came to me, they came to my office, and they asked for counseling. Not knowing that I can use that situation to encourage our people. God makes no mistake. We can recognize our, that is our superiority in being a child of God. But lastly also, we can rest in our trials. We can rest, verse number 5, and hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. We can have that hope, we can have that patience, the experience, and experience hope. And when we are hopeful, the Bible says, we are not ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is power. Amen? The reason why many Christians nowadays are weak, because we are not behind the power of God, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why mission is important. The church is lose, The churches all over the world are, is, lo, is losing its power. Why? Because we are not supporting missions. Let me say this. This is my personal personal uh, uh, comment or personal perspective. Uh, we are living in this country. I enjoyed traveling the United States. You know, the cold weather, we don't experience that. We all know we have to go to Baguio just to feel this kind of weather, right? Four hours, five hours, and then buy strawberries, go down. That's it. <laughs> Amen? But you know, we, 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 are, we are just enjoying the blessings of United States of America. And many probably will say, oh, this, this uh, country is going down. Probably, yes. But you know what's holding God's hand and God's blessing upon this country? It's churches like this who still loves God and supports mission. If churches started quitting supporting missionaries locally and foreign, you will lose God's blessing. Look at before, you're sending missionaries all over the world. Now, all over the world, people will send missionaries here. Don't lose hope. Just keep on supporting missions because we can rest in our troubles. Oh, I'm limited. You can rest in your troubles. You can rest in your tribulations, in your trials because we, God made us superior because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We know that these things happen and God can make us rest. Come, Jesus said, come. Come, and I will give you rest. It's okay. Now, let, listen. It's okay to rest, but don't quit. It's okay to rest. Why? Let's be real. Christians get tired. You ask me, every day I have ministry. A week before our flight, I have to drive to Cagayan. 12 hours. Just to hold a youth meeting there. Because that's my job as the National Youth Movement Coordinator or Advisor. I'm the only one. I travel there. 
Saturday afternoon, we finished. I was there the whole week. Saturday, Saturday afternoon, we finished. I drove back to Bulacan. I came, I arrived at our church 9 in the morning, 30 minutes before our service. And just go to church. You tell me I'm not busy. Tell me it's not tiring to serve God. It is. It's okay to rest. That's one of the luxury of being here in the United States. It's somewhat a relaxing time for us. Even though we travel a lot, you get stressed when your car broke down in the mountains of Maryland. Like you're nowhere. I don't know anyone from this place. How I'm going to survive. That's why we have pillows and blankets in our van. We can sleep in the van if we want to. If we have to. But those are the things that being brought in our lives so we can rest in God. But don't quit. Last, over 12 o'clock. Alright, it's ready for lunch. Our service. Our service. Our status. Our supply. Our superiority. Our service. Now let's go to First John chapter 4. And this is where I'm going to close. When we talk about the love of God there in Romans chapter 5. That leads us to 1 John. The book of 1 John is full of the word love. Now, our service is because the, 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 the reason why we could serve God is because God loves us. Amen? Amen? The reason why we should serve God is because God loves us. Don't serve God because there's a reward. Right? That's what the problem of prosperity preachers. Do this, do that, and this will come. And what, what, what if, if nothing comes? What if there's, there's no blessing or material blessings that came? Then you will be discouraged. And just, I will quit this church. This is not true. It is not true in the first place. Because that is not how it works as a Christian, as a child of God. Now, let's serve God because we love God. And God loves us. Now, what's our service? Why do we have to serve God? To those are listen, that are listening, with, uh, uh, listening uh, to me right now, this is the reason why you should serve God. Number one, verse one, uh, chapter one, verse four. And this thing is right we unto you, that your joy may be full. Serve God so that your joy may be full. Young people, let me talk to you personally. I, I surrendered my life when I was 17 years old in the full-time ministry. And just like those missionaries, young Bible school students that came and they gave testimony yesterday, I said, I'm not going to be a preacher. My dad doesn't make money. Pastor Manalo, the Manalos knows our status. And then, 1991, I was one year old. Pinatubo erupted. How come? What's going on in our lives? And then, we, we moved to Bulacan. And that's where we're serving right now, me and my dad. But these things happened for a reason. These things are uh, something sad to think about. But I saw in my dad's eyes how happy and my mom was. Because they're serving God. Young people, your cell phones will not make your joyful. You can have all the jobs and the love life and the fame. 
No, all, all of this, you can achieve it probably. But let me tell you, I assure you this. It will not make your joyful. If you serve God, the Bible says, and these things, John said, these things I write unto you. There's a reason why I serve God. Imagine the life of the Christians today. They get killed. Be grateful this morning. You're just sitting. Amen? No one will go in the door and arrest every one of us because we're worshiping God. We take it for granted. Those things will not make you very happy. It will make you happy for a season. But it will not be full. You can be successful in life, young people, and have that this career and have seven, eight, ten figures in your bank account, but that will not make your joy full. At the young age, this is what my dad told me. Serve God. You know what? There are dark times, but my joy was full. Second, Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Why do we have to serve God? To keep us away from sin. Many Christians sin because they keep playing with fire. Young people keep browsing on that internet and then there's pornography. Keep playing with fire. But if these young people and all adults here this morning, single or married or single parents, whatever your status is, if we focus on serving God, it will keep you away from sin. Now, let me be clear. That doesn't mean you will not sin. We're not perfect. We will still sin and still sinning today. God did not make us perfect when we got saved but it will keep you from sinning against God. If you keep on serving, let me tell you, there's young people, all, most of you are Filipinos, you all know this. In our church, we grew up in our church, and these young people that doesn't like going to church regularly, they're the ones that will fall out. Why? Because they are not busy serving their churches, ministering with God's people, and now they will be busy with other things. They will fall into sin. Young people, serve God now. Be busy serving God. Don't say, I'm busy. I'm very trying to uh, put my career first. No, put God first. It will keep you from sinning against God. Chapter number 4, verse number 11. Bible says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Our service with God will bring us together. Right? We may not like the, the, the key drama that you're watching. Right? We have different genres that you watch in Netflix, right? They have categories. Okay? Oh, you probably don't like that brand. I'm a Ford guy. I'm a Chevy guy. Oh, no, we're Asians. We're Toyota and Hondas. It drives 300, 400,000 miles. Amen? That's why uh, I should get one. Mine is a Dodge. But the, the thing is, 
the Bible says, we, the, the service, serving God keeps us together. And I like, and I love that what, I love that with Bergen Bible Baptist Church. You always work together. Not just the pastor. Not just the family of the pastor. Not just the deacons, but everyone is involved. Imagine the food that we're being served every day since Friday. Now I have to adjust the, my waistline. I have to buy new pants. We're blessed, amen? Because we are serving God together. Glued together. Let us love one another so we can do more for the glory of God. The thing is, when I visit churches here in the United States, they said, oh, we, have, we divide. Why? They did not like the color of our curtains. I said, what? You divide because of the color of the curtains, the color of the carpet, the color of the pulpit, the color of the preacher. <laughs> they, they, they divide, they, they quit and leave church and go to another church just because they didn't unite, they didn't agree on one thing. Serve God together. Bond in serving God. Last but not the least, chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Here's the greatest thing. That ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. When you got saved, that's the thing that you have received. What's that? That ye may know that what? You have everlasting life. And when you, have, when you receive the gift of eternal life because of the Lord Jesus Christ, no one can take that away from you. Why I can do missions? Because I am saved. I am saved. I am a child of God. No one can pluck me out of the hands of God. I'm saved years ago. I'm saved today. And I'm saved forever. That's the joy of mission. Let us continue furthering the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ here in Lodi, New Jersey, and even halfway around the world because our joy will be full. Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, oh God, help us, Lord. Have mercy upon us that we can do more not to show that we can do more, but to show that you can do more through us. Bless this church. It has been a huge blessing to me personally. Receiving messages from the members here when we have miscarried, lift me up and encourage me to keep moving forward. Bless the people in this church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.